How many of you want the presence of the Lord in this place? Now, He dwells in you, right? We know that. We understand He dwells in you. But there's also a dwelling and an outpouring upon His assembly, His gathering, His ecclesia, His people. So we want the presence here, so let's pray. Jesus, we carry You in us as vessels of honor. You took these clay jars and You made them something precious that the very nature of God is put within us. That when we are crushed, Your fragrance comes forth. When we're tested and tried, Christ comes out of us. God, we want Your presence in this house too. That when we gather, there is collectively the presence of Christ, the body of Christ together. That as Your hands and Your feet, we are touching a dying world. And so if Your presence is here, by faith we trust it is, we want it to manifest through us. So come Holy Spirit and teach us how to manifest your presence in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to begin a series of just a couple Sundays on this message, the presence of Christ. We talk about how we're the body of Christ and we want his presence here, his spiritual presence, the Holy Spirit in our midst. And there must be a manifestation or a byproduct of his spirit of his presence in a fellowship. A church should be different than a mosque. A church should be different than the Elks Club. A church should be different than the Rotary Society. A church should have the manifest presence of God that results in three spirit, three activities of the Spirit. Hospitality, fellowship, and edification. I'm going to do a series on these three words. Today is hospitality. Hospitality, fellowship, and edifications. These are the manifestations of His presence. It's not just polite attitudes. These are not just business equations to get people in. This is the manifest presence of Christ. When Jesus came to planet Earth, He was hospitable to the lost and the strangers. He brought people to himself. When he was here, he developed true fellowship between God and man, koinonia. He also brought edification. He built us up who were beaten down, strangers to God. He's the ultimate of the hospitality, fellowship, and edification that is the manifest presence of Christ. So we can sing and shout hallelujah, we can speak in tongues and be slain in the Spirit, but if we are not hospitable and have fellowship and build one another up, the presence of the Lord is not felt. And we've got to get back to the manifest presence of the Lord. And so the first aspect I want to share with you today is hospitality hospitality and so i want you to know there's a place for you that's the basically the simplest definition of hospitality there is a place for you we've got a lot of places here this morning for people wouldn't you say and so if we want to walk in the spirit of christ we need to go out into the highways and byways and say what there's a place right here for you there's, look and see if there's an empty chair next to you. Then the Spirit of Christ would be moved in you to say, I need to invite someone in this seat. There's a, there's a spot. Now that doesn't get any of you that are sitting side by side off the hook too. 
We need to begin being hospitable. In other words, inviting. The word for hospitality is philozenos. Philozenos, the love of strangers. We so often in our English and American way think that hospitality is tea and crumpets. We'll be polite. We'll give you bagels today. That's very hospitable of us. And it goes so much further than that. First of all, hospitality, we've refined it back basically to the people we like. We'll invite you over if we like you. That's being hospitable. We have to first like you before we become hospitable. And that is not the Hebrew sense. The Hebrew word for hospitality is philozenos, which means the love of whom? Strangers. Now there was a definition in Judaism between two types of people. Strangers and foreigners. We'll get into that in a minute. But the love, philo, brotherly love, philio, right? It's not eros and it's not agape. It's a filio love, a brotherly love, a brotherly love towards strangers. And that's what the Lord is calling His church to do. Now, to make room to care for those who are strangers. We get the word hospital from it hospitality hospital and what do you do with people in a hospital you care for them in their condition do you tell them get better before you go to the hospital as a nurse i don't want to get sick okay so when you're better you can come visit me at the hospital could you imagine a hospital like that no you take them as they are don't you And so as a church, are we hospitable? Are we a hospital that will take anyone in any condition into this house? Or do we tell them, you need to clean up first? You can't behave like that. That's sin. That's bad. As if we've cleaned our act up enough. Come on. So hospitality is a love. It's not a nicety. It's a love. It goes well beyond being polite and being nice. Christian hospitality is a love of strangers. It is esteeming, as Paul says, others more what? Highly than ourselves. Now that is foreign to our society, but it is absolutely necessary. In the uh, world of the first century church, They turned their world upside down because can I tell you who the main population of Christians were? Slaves, those who had no jobs, the homeless, the widows, the orphans, the outcasts, those that nobody wanted. They were taken in by the one who is the most loving of all strangers, the one who is most hospitable, Jesus Christ. He invites strangers in. That's our heart That's what we must do. Basically, it's the ancient custom of welcoming strangers or travelers into one's home while promising to provide them with provisions and protections. Hospitality in the then known world. There were no Super 8s. Is is it Super 8? Is there a Hotel 8? Hotel 6? There was no... uh, I should... I, I better go up a little higher. There were no Radisons. When you had a family of six, you looked for the Hotel 8 okay marriott's there were no hotels so when people had to go up to jerusalem three times a year when they traveled from one place to another they didn't get to stay in hotels they would literally 
knock on the door of a brother Jew, sister Jew, of a family of God people that in Israel you could, and it was expected to go up unto any door and knock and say, I am a stranger to your city, may I stay? And the hospitable, the love of a stranger was, yes, you may come. That's why it is so odd that when Mary and Joseph were going to Nazareth, they couldn't find a place at the inn. They couldn't find a house. They couldn't find anyone that would take them in. Finally, some guy said, I had a stable. The reason being is it was so crowded because of the census that everybody had to go back to the homeland. But you can see that that is absolutely essential. The Jews understood this as a mitzvah. They understood it as a call or a a law from God. Now, the stranger that they understood was a ger in Hebrew, which meant a sojourner, or someone who was a Jew, someone who was friendly to Judaism, accepted Judaism, but from another town when they came in. They were a ger or a stranger, but they were part of the family of God. Then you had the foreigner, who was considered afar off. That, that, that is a nokrim, uh, or goy, a Gentile, someone who is not accepted, and they didn't have much to do with that. They were foreigners, so they they separated from foreigners, but for strangers, in other words, those who were not of their city and town, they welcomed them in. Jesus did something radically different when he came to the temple and to the place where it was the court of the Gentiles, the court of the strangers, the court of the foreigners, where God wanted his temple to be open to all people, Jesus turned over the money tables because the, the Jews had set it up for where they could get their sacrifices and do the money exchange and everything at the temple. Jesus threw over the tables because that was the place where you were to be hospitable and you were to welcome the foreigner and the stranger to the presence of God. And Jesus turned it all over and said, my house shall be what? A house of prayer. But he didn't stop there. And you've got to get the essential of what Jesus said there. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer for what? All nations. Read it. Study it. It's not just a house of prayer. It is a house of prayer for whom? All people. If there's anyone hospitable, anyone opening up the invitation to all, it is God the Father where his house was always supposed to be for all people. And the Jews are the priesthood. Israel is the priesthood nation who is to mediate between all nations and God to be a light to draw all people unto God. But they closed off the court of the Gentiles, their hospitality to all. And that's not what should be. And Jesus came to radically change that. And we're the ones who are radically supposed to be changing that. Now, we may have doctrinal differences. We may have issues that we call out sin. We're to love all people and invite them to the presence of Christ. Now, whether they come and dine at His table is up to them. But the invitation is to whosoever will. There was a banquet and a wedding feast, Jesus tells the parable. And those who were called, those who were of Israel were called, they didn't come. So he said, now you go and you invite everyone in the highways and byways. That's our gospel. And that's the hospitality of Jesus. It is wonderful. Now Jewish custom had a number of things that you were to do. When you were to greet someone... In your hospitality, you were to take your head, 
your heart, and you bowed. Head, heart, and bowed. What did that mean? I give you my thoughts, I give you my head, I give you my heart, and I am your servant. You didn't say, you know what, what do you believe? Uh, What's your denomination? Do you know Jesus as Savior? The hospitality of Christ is you give your head, your heart, and you bow to serve someone, anyone, anyone, anyone. We have a lot of different cultures here. I have a lot of different cultures here, and, and I'm aware of some of the traditions and so forth in cultures, and I'm aware of a, an Indian uh, aspect of culture, and I have someone come up to me a, a couple months ago, uh, uh, an Indian man, and, and as we were talking, and we've been ministering, and I've been ministering to him, he, he is so appreciative, he said, Pastor, can I touch your shoe? And I understood what he meant, because in that culture, it means that I, I thank you and I want to honor you, and I said, yes, you may. And he bent over and touched my shoe and kissed my hand. Now that, that's, you need to understand the heart of that. And that's hospitality. And that is, he wants to serve. And, and so, in, in ancient Judaism, you bowed and you gave your heart and your hand. Uh, secondly, there was a call to food. According to Judaism and hospitality, you were to never eat alone. So the man would have his food. And if he was alone, he would go outside of his house and say, Come and dine. Is there anyone hungry? Come and dine with me. Because if you've had food, you're supposed to call out to the stranger and call out to your brotherhood and you're to say, you may come and eat. Brothers and sisters, we've been provided the greatest food, the bread of heaven. We've been given all this. We're to go out to the world and say, come and dine, come and dine. As Jesus said, go out and call the least of these to come and dine. He goes on, you're supposed to give oil and cleanse the feet. Do you remember when Jesus went to Simon the Pharisee's house? And he did none of these, but the woman came and wept and washed his feet in her tears. And, and they were upset. The Pharisees well, didn't even know that she's a prostitute. He got up and he said, you know what, Simon? You did not even wash my feet. You did not even greet me properly or give me oil when I walked into your house. There's a hospitality. There's a certain thing. Now, what did Jesus do at the Last Supper? He girded up and he, he washed the feet of his disciples. And what did he tell them? In like manner, you're to go and do Likewise. So in the hospitality, we're to wash the feet at a hospital. You don't check the patient and go, you know, I'm not sure I like you. Could we have a conversation before I know? You know, you might do things that I don't approve of. So I don't know if I can give you care. Should hospitals be outdoing the church? I have no reply on that. I'll leave it there. Where do you think hospitals came from? Who created hospitals? The church. Now, of course, there were other medical centers throughout ancient lands and in ancient history, but they were always mystical, magical, and they appealed to their gods and serpents and all kinds of things. But the true hospitality came from Christians who cared for those who had nothing, and they took them in. We're to wash and to care for people. We're to give a cup of cold water. We're to refresh people. If a stranger comes, we're to give them water. Anybody that comes to my house 
uh, that, that comes, a, a serviceman, uh, anybody that's going to do work, even the mailman, I'll ask him, you want a bottle of water? Do you want some water? Hey, do you want something? Blows their mind. People can't believe it. It's water. But something happens because when they come to my house, I want them to feel Jesus. And so the hospitality is to give water. Come on, what's the greatest water we could ever have? The Spirit of God. Give someone the refreshing Holy Spirit. When you're out at a restaurant and you have a waitress, stop complaining about your meal. Stop complaining, unless it's bad, get it fixed. (laughs) You can do it in a loving way. But honor that servant at your table. Begin to ask them. We've been doing this pretty regularly where we ask our our waitress, we say, we pray for our meal while we're praying. Is there anything we can pray for you for? And so I've never been rejected on that. And they go, well, either I'm fine, yeah, I don't know, or all of a sudden they begin, no one's ever asked them that, they begin to search their heart and mind and they tell you. And you pray for them. Because I'm giving them a cup of cold water. I am refreshing them in their labors. Last of all, there was protection. In a Jewish household, when you brought the stranger in, when you brought someone in hospitality to stay with you, you never left them unattended. You cared for them. You cared for them. And so does God ever leave us? Does God ever forsake us? Would you say God is hospitable towards us? And we too are to do that same thing to others. It's not to be measured. It's to be given. The ultimate story of hospitality is what? The Good Samaritan. Why would Jesus, now here it is, here's the foreigner, not a stranger. Consider in Hebrew understanding there were strangers and foreigners. They dealt with strangers hospitably. Foreigners, mm mm-mm. Jesus, in his description, when someone says, who is my neighbor? We're to love our neighbors. Who's my neighbor? Jesus puts the hero of the story as a foreigner, not a stranger. He makes the hero of the story a Samaritan, whom the Jews hated. And so a man, an Israelite, going into a town, he gets beaten and attacked by robbers. This is a typical story, and this is why Israel needed hospitality and believed it as a law from God, a mitzvah from God, that we must do the proper things for being hospitable to strangers, yet only so far, Jesus tells a story of this man going along the way, gets beaten up, knocked down, almost dead, and who comes along? A priest. Ah, the exemplary man of Israel. But he doesn't want to touch the guy. He'd become unclean. Blood, sorry. I'll pray for you. Now, you don't understand how much that goes against the culture of God's people of Israel. But this is what it had become. And it's what we've become as well. I'm busy. You know what? I've only got 10 minutes. I'm sorry. I can't listen to your story right now. We're set by a clock and set by, instead of the heart of God. We're set by our agenda instead of the agenda of God. He's got an agenda for you 24-7 if you would walk in it. Would we abandon our agendas for his, amen? So then comes a Levite and comes along. And then comes another Jew. So they all pass by this guy, but then comes (gasps) a Samaritan. 
Now he's telling the story. I'm wondering, people love to hear stories. What's the, what, what, what? A Samaritan, he comes by, he gives the man. He's hospitable to this Jew. Gives him everything he needs. And then beyond that, remember hospitality means to serve and protect. Sounds like the police. To serve and protect. He picks him up, puts him on his mule, takes him to an inn, brings him in, has him there, and then gives the guy cash to pay for his keeping. That's the heart of Jesus. And Jesus is telling him, that's who your neighbor is. Anyone in need. Even Samaritans, anyone in need. Gentiles, anyone in need. Sinners, who did Jesus go to to invite into the kingdom? Tax collectors, the most hated people of Israel. Prostitutes, those who were stoned and killed. All types of Jesus went to. Why? Because we're all sinners. The invitation is to all of us. That's the hospitality of God. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you glad that God is hospitable? And so Jesus says what? Come unto me. That's the invitation. We heard it prophetically this morning. The word spoken out. Come unto me. That's the hospitality of God. Jesus, are you really serious about that? You know who you're going to get? You're going to get a bunch of losers. That's us. You wouldn't be here except for the hospitality of the Father that He invited us. How dare us, how dare we neglect or deny anyone else in the hospitality. Do you see what I'm, what I'm saying about the hospitality is it's a spirit of God. It is a drawing of God. I am not asking for more clam bakes among us. I'm not asking for more hot chocolate to be served or for you to invite someone after church. That's great. If you do, great. I'm talking for a spirit among us that has the spirit of drawing the lost. This is hospitality, drawing the stranger. I'm not talking about tea and crumpets. If you share them, beautiful. God bless you. I'm talking about the true, true spirit of hospitalities, the inviting and drawing of the lost. And we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And so, you guys are awesome. You're a great people. We're a good church. Thank you, Jesus. But not doing enough of what is hospitable in the kingdom. We must draw the lost. They need to come in here and find the hospitality that says, come unto me, all who are what? Weary and heavy laden. Who is that? The traveler, the sojourner. Weary of life, traveling through life, heavy burdened with the weight of sin. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you what? Rest. Come into this house and find rest for your soul. That is the hospitality. That is the invitation of Jesus. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will what? Say it again. If I be lifted up, I will... Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time because I need you all to participate. If I be lifted up, I will draw. 
What is that? Hospitality. The love of strangers. The love of strangers. I, I have to convince you. I'm, I, I have to convince you. You have something that everyone out there needs. Everyone needs what you have. Don't be shy about it. Don't be bashful. You don't have to be boisterous and you don't have to be a, a preacher or an evangelist, but you can invite, can't you? Can't you invite someone into the presence of Christ that you have? Can't you give a handshake? Can't you give a smile? Yesterday I was at, on Gratiot, uh, I don't know, Gratiot and 13 Mile, and, and I'm sitting in my car, and, and there's this big old African-American guy. He looked rough, man. He looked tough. And he's walking across, you know, looking at the cars. And he walks and he looks at my car and I go. <laughs> and the biggest smile came on his face. We connected like that because no one was smiling at him. Now that sounds small, but that's hospitality. Something happened in his heart and in my heart. I went, hey, dude. And what seemed so tough was like, hey, Thanks. We've got something this world needs. You can't hide it. You can't keep it from anybody. Jesus said, invite them, invite them, invite them. It's the drawing, the spirit of hospitality. When I walk in a room, my body is saying, hey, everybody, Jesus says come. When you walk in, you bring the invitation of heaven to a dying world. Oh, please, please, please walk in this. Now, what does that mean for us as a church? Let's look at what it says. Right? Come in. We're open. The church. Romans 12, 13. Paul says this. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek how to show, another version says, practice hospitality. Now, it's really interesting because the word for show hospitality um, is this. It means to uh, diako, root word for diakono, servant, it means to seek eagerly, to endeavor to inquire, to run as in a race. So when he says, I want you to contribute to the needs of the saints, I want you to show, seek and show, run with hospitality. Hey, how you doing? You're new here, aren't you? Come on in. Sit next to me. I don't want to hear anybody say, I'm sorry, that's my seat. Man. We had a couple leave. It was about a year and a half ago. We had a couple leave because they couldn't find a seat. Uh, it was a family, about five or six. And, and they were asked, could you move over? No, this is my seat. They went to another spot. There's room here. Could, could you just move over? No. They walked out of this church. Shame on us. Wow, 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 right? We're to run to hospitality. If you have to give up the service and stand in the hallway so that someone can be in here, do it. Amen? Do it. Do it. Come on, this is about loving and showing the love of Christ. Now, 1 Peter 4, 9, be hospitable to one another what does Peter say? Why would he say that? Is he used to being among people? Fine. 
Come on in. I'll move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't, you, can't, you can't manifest something the opposite of what you're saying. If we want the presence of God here, the presence of hospitality has to be here, which outweighs our self-interest. So the presence of Christ would mean that all of us, listen, here's the mentality. Someone, do we have anybody new here? Anybody first time? First time? Right now, you have, I don't know what, 150 people that are your servants. Seriously, that's what I want in this church. We're here to serve you. Thank you for being here. I don't want to embarrass you. Amen. That's our attitude, people. Someone new here, I want you tripping over each other to serve them. That's the manifestation of the presence of Jesus Christ. Jesus would walk into a room and know who needed him first. Do we? Do we? Now, I find it absolutely fascinating that for leadership, for the requirements of an overseer or an elder in both 1 Timothy and the book of Titus, they are to be what? Hospitable. They are to love filio xenos. They are to love strangers. They're to love strangers. Love, show compassion, care, good Samaritan, to everyone and anybody. You stop your car, you see someone, you stop your car to help. You roll the window down. Do you need anything? Can I get anything for you? Can you imagine? Because you know what? We've let the government do all our work. In the early church, they used to take in every widow, every orphan, every abandoned child that was supposed to be euthanized. They, they, the church took them in. How do you think the church grew? Took everybody that the world rejected. Because the hospitality, the love of Jesus Christ, it was awesome. We have to get back to that. We've got to get back to that. Now, even this, this is interesting, for a widow who wanted to get on the widow's list where she could receive help uh, for her needs, it says in 1 Timothy 5.10, and having a reputation for good works, if she's brought up children and has what? Shown love towards strangers, hospitality, then put her on the list. Isn't that interesting? So to, to be served, you need to serve. Show the same hospitality that you want to receive. This is really, really essential. So the church, come on in. We're open. We want you here. Now I find it really fascinating because in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2, it says this. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. Hebrews 13, 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some of you have entertained angels without even knowing it. It would seem. Now the same thing happened in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, that angels went to visit Abraham. And according to traditional Judaism, Abraham always left the flaps of his tents open as a sign of what? hospitality, and invitation to all. You may come. You see, he understood. He was in covenant with God. All his resources, he knew God as Jehovah Jireh. He understood that what you need, I can get. I can pray for what you need. And so one day, guess who came to his house, Abraham's house? Angels. Angels. 
Three angels came to him. In fact, one of them was the angel of the Lord, and we know it's Jesus. He recognized that. He said, come in, let me bake you a cake, and let me give you water. Hospitality. And so Father Abraham modeled that kind of it. So it seems that God sends angels into churches to check them out. Same thing happened after he's with Abraham, the two angels say, we're going on to Sodom and Gomorrah to test whether what we hear in the heavens is true about that city. So they go in, right? And uh, who's at the gate to welcome them? Lot, come in, quick, 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 get in, quick, quick, get in. Now the, the welcoming committee at Sodom and Gomorrah, the hospitality committee, came knocking at the door too. We want those guys to come out here. All right? I'm not even going to get into all that. But they were known for the abomination that they had done. But in Ezekiel, it also says because of their lack of hospitality as a city, as a nation. So this is interesting. It seems that God sends angels or even himself to come to check on the hospitality of a church. He says that you should entertain strangers. But be careful as you're doing this. Some have entertained what? angels how many of you have ever had an angel at your door we we may well have but we didn't know it how'd you treat them huh how are you treating everyone there's angels among us in fact jesus visited a church too hello i can't even get in the church at laodicea behold i stand at the door and what knock and so angels come to visit to test the climate of his church and he said to the church at laodicea if you don't get your act together i'm going to remove your witness from this city take the lampstand out of this city i'm going to remove your witness Uh, paul chided chided the the corinthian church in first corinthians 11 and he says look at you come together would you would you not eat until everybody's ready to eat the meal they're 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 having their love fest they're having the communion and so forth and 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 people are eating food and bringing sack lunches and, and with other people not even eating and he's saying come on your hospitality stinks he said it's better for you to stay at home than to gather as the people of god God cares about the hospitality of a church. What is it? The climate, the spirit of Christ in a church. We can, again, we can have program after program that visitors come, you get a tape, you get crumpets and tea, you get a hat and a whistle. I don't know. We get posters with your picture on it. But that's not hospitality. That's a nice program of things that are impersonal. Jesus wants himself given to anybody that comes in this house. It's Him. The spirit of hospitality is Him. That's what we've got to give. But I don't want to get that involved. I'm here to get my little Jesus juice and head out. And that is not the spirit of Christ. Now, but what about you? Personal hospitality. Let's go back to those same things in Jewish tradition, but Jesus expanded on it. On the Sermon on the Mount, he he went even further, didn't he? In the Sermon on the Mount, he said, hey, listen, even if your enemy slaps you on the cheek, offer him the other cheek. Come on, that's radical hospitality. 
Hey, you want something to hit? Hit this one too. Because you're showing Christ. If they ask you to go one mile, tradition said and Jewish culture said that you were to serve someone one mile, but after that one mile, that's your limit. You don't have to go any further. What does Jesus say about the one mile? Go the extra mile. That's when you win them. A servant that just does his job is doing what a servant's supposed to do. But the servant who goes beyond his regular hours and everything else he's supposed to do, I'm supposed to be nice to you, it's church. Hi, how are you? I see a tear, but my seat's, I gotta get my seat. We all say, hi, how are you? But we don't mean it. We really don't care. It's just another way to say, hey, I recognize you're alive. We've got to change that. We've got to change that. So it says that when there was a greeting, they would bow their head, put their hand on their heart, and say, I'm yours. Can we do that? Now, now some of you might be a little upset with some of the pastors around here before service. They're not hospitable. They're, they're this, they're that. You see me walking someplace. It's because I'm trying to get all this together for, for the service, so... Afterwards, I'll be, here's my head, my heart, my hand. Right now, my hand is in my heart, and I can't. (laughs) But there's 200 other people here that should be paying attention. I'm not copping out. Please understand. I hope you understand. Call for food. I've got food. You need food. When you go to work tomorrow, would you be hospitable? I know you. maybe you bring your lunch in a little sack, but you bring Jesus in you. Feed somebody the presence of Christ. Give them a cup of cold water. Jesus said that you will not lose your reward if you give a cup of cold water. There's a reward for even hospitality of being nice to somebody. There's a reward for that in heaven. Wow. I never evangelized. I never preached before crowds. I never did this. I never prayed for the sick and and they healed. I never did any of that. But you might have a bigger crown than anybody else because you gave the love of Jesus over and over and over and over to someone. There's a reward for all of this. So, I conclude, if we really want the presence of Christ here, I hope you're getting the spirit of hospitality. It manifests in love to strangers. It manifests in esteeming others more higher than I. It manifests in drawing drawing an invitation to what you have in Christ. That's it. And I'll conclude with this. If you'll reread the New Testament, you're going to find this invitation to hospitality as the presence of Christ over and over. For Jesus said on the day of judgment, when I was sick, you cared for me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. That is the hospitality by which Jesus then says, come, enter into the kingdom. Well done. They said, when did we do this? When you did it to whom? Yeah, strangers. Anyone else, you drew in. That's hospitality. Reorient your understanding of hospitality. This is hospitality, that you love the stranger in Christ. You love those who may be sinning profusely. You love them with the presence of Christ. God deals with their sin. You deal with their love. 
Give them Christ. Win them. Win them to Christ. Just as you were one. Amen? Let's bow our heads.